Welcome to the Cosmic Brew Show! Yeah, 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 yeah. What oh. is up, Cos? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm having, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying uh, this uh, battle of the North Car- of North America here, you know? Uh, United States and Canada. Yeah, screw Battling those Canadians. <laughs> All things will be settled here. The winner of this... If if, the, if Canadians win, America will have to have uh, universal health care. If America wins, Canada will have to uh, bomb some country we can't pronounce. <laughs> well, you just had to start off right like that, cause and, and uh, alienate what like two percent of our listeners. <laughs> uh, so you know, how you doing, brother? I, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, you know, we're just cranking on. It's funny, like, this time of year is really nice because, you know, the weather's not too hot, but it's starting to get hot. Um, but things slow down and, you know, you can kind of just hone in on one basketball series. Everybody's watching it. Um, but we also, like, do a lot of planning. And it's sort of like the only time during the year where it's not crazy. So we can actually just sort of look at forward-looking stuff. So, uh been doing a lot of stuff with our development team and um, a lot of the uh, kind of the inner circle of the content uh, production crew and, and just getting ready for next year. So that stuff is extremely interesting to me, probably not our listeners, um, but I've been loving this series. Uh, I, I'm loving everything that comes with it. Uh, I, I love the fact that last night we saw like the Warriors B team, you know, just sort of scrapping out there. Um, I like yeah. that there's chaos. You know, you got minority owners, you know, f- for the Warriors pushing <laughs> players. Like, it's, you yeah. know, if the series is heating up a little bit. And what I also like about it, and hello, everybody, we're going to talk a lot about the, the, the only thing going on in basketball here on this show. Um, I, I like that this series has so many different wrinkles and, and that we're going to be seeing even more wrinkles as players return and get healthy. So, uh, no, nah, man, I love this time of year, and 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 I'm doing better than you are today, my friend. You know, getting locked out of your house is a freaky thing. Uh, yes, yes, I was uh, locked out of my house. Uh, had the the boys. I was ready to take them to summer camp and daycare. Locked out of the house, and so we had to walk. So I had a two year old in my arms, in a in a very energetic five and a half year old. But we made it. Got them both dropped off. I did have to give, after I dropped the little guy off, I did have to give a, a piggyback ride to the five-and-a-half-year-old for about a block and a half. Uh, but small price to pay. But uh, done. We got it done. <laughs> well, you know, nothing makes you feel old like pulling your back, carrying a small <laughs> amount of weight. And, and that's going to be me in a couple months here. So, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, <laughs> I, I think watching this series last night, I, I got um, I got to thinking um, this Warriors team obviously can't win without Clay Thompson. Like that to me is I, I mean it's not like breaking news, but you know I did think before the game I said you know at Oracle Game Three, you know it, it just feels like they still have a chance, and and I thought for the most part you know as they they were completely overmatched in this game that they hung in there and I thought Toronto gave them a few different opportunities to stick around throughout the game. And if you count, I mean, God, this game was weird, by the way, the refs missed what three, I want to say three goaltending calls and a a basket interference call. 
against the Warriors. So it was either six or eight points. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah. like obvious calls. Yeah. So, then that uh, that travel at the end of um, the game uh, that led to the uh, what was that a Danny Green three? No, nah, uh, Fran- Van Vliet hit that guy. Van Vliet hit that one. Yeah. I mean, and there was some bad calls. I mean, I I, I think that the 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 calling and the the NBA's emphasis on certain on physical play is just so skewed right now. I mean, they're calling plays like there was one play where Van Fleet or um, that Lowry and Quinn Cook bumped, and it definitely looked like Lowry's foul. But the point of the matter was they both went down. Neither of them had the ball. There was no advantage either way. There was no reason to call this foul. No reason whatsoever. There was it was four on four. Let them get up and let's keep the game going. But, but instead that's, of call, you know, but they're they're every time there's a collision, the refs are like compelled to to blow the whistle, and it's 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 ridiculous, especially when you know guys are flopping all over the place. I, I wonder <laughs> how much like Mark Davis, the referee, has uh-huh. has influenced the league. You know, I think somebody who's got way better access than us that's, you know, really high up in the food chain that could could do a story like this. Just trying to figure out, like, why are we at a place where everything... It's almost like football. You know, football's terrible to watch now. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, you know, with the over-legislation of rules. Like, what is a catch? And, you know, right. just this, like... It's, like, god-awful to watch an entire football game and have something decided about, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, you know, in some stupid rule. This in in the NBA, Mark Davis, you know, when you look at that um, gather step video him and a couple other refs put out there, I mean, they've completely rewritten the rule of what a travel is you know, right. in in the NBA, by sort of creating this this false gather step thing, and you see guys jumping sideways into three point shots, getting fouls, and in all of this, you know, like what you're saying is completely true. Like that play was either a no call or, if anything, it was a foul on Lowry because he's out yeah. there. Lowry's out there at 35 feet trying to take an angle to get a charge, but, you know, Quinn Cook doesn't have the ball, and he's heading towards the sideline. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> it might, like, it's like you might as well have called a foul on two fans fighting in the 10th row, you know? Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? I mean, it's it's kind of, and I thought I thought there was I thought both of I think Kawhi got two offensive fouls that were both like the one he like both of them he was already taking off right so that used to be a clear charge no matter if the guy was outside the the circle or took it in the chest or what if the guy was leaving his feet <laughs> the guy, you have no right to slide in there at the last second. But the the last one on which is on, dangerous by the way which is, which is very dangerous the last one was like. He, he left his feet in such control, Draymond was there, and he kind of lands in front of Draymond and barely, barely nicks him. And Draymond goes back and falls, and they call the charge. I mean, to me, it was, first of all, not a charge. It was a clear flop, and he had already taken off. So, I mean, this, this over-legislation, what's going to happen is we're going to be, there's going to be in Game 7, you're going to see, you know, Kawhi Leonard out, you know, Steph Curry out, you know, on and there's gonna they're each gonna have two or three stupid foul calls, and you're gonna be having an NBA Finals decided by Quinn Cook and you know 
Patrick McCaw because these stupid refs have gotten rid of the, the stars. Yeah, it's really tough to watch. And it's it was for both teams. I mean, although I'll say this about the Warriors, like they didn't finish close. I forget the final score. I'm going to pull that up here in a second. But like, and so like eight points isn't going to change the, the game, you know, on those missed goal 10 calls, which were obvious. I mean, just they were bad. like they were really bad. It's kind of the thing, you know, it's like I do 100 drunks in a bar agree. And I think in this case, everybody in the bar saw it, said, what the hell? And, you know, yeah. the only guy that didn't get it was the refs. Um, you had yeah. a backcourt violation that Mark Davis called. Yeah. That, what was no, he's, he's, he's pre-planning these things. You know, he's just sort of like, I don't know, like, you know, stick like a hall monitor stickler for the rules is like seeing the rule infraction before it's happening. Right. And then he didn't have an an angle on it, so he just assumed the worst. And it's funny because I always wonder why that's never called when it's actually a violation. You know, it's just sort of never called. But in this case, that, you know, you didn't see the foul, you didn't see the infraction, don't call it. Um, So, yeah, it it was a rough game and the flow was choppy. And, you know, especially in the first, I think the Warriors got three fouls in the first minute. Um, Being so depleted, you know, that's obviously going to affect them. But, uh, you know, all in all, the game itself, um, I, I think it's promising if you're the Warriors, just knowing that your B team held up as, as well as it did. Um, sure. The, 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 the way it, I think, as they let go of the rope, you know, towards the end, I think it became clear that this B team can't, you know, beat these guys. Um, but, um, you know, Steph had an outstanding game. Uh, I, I kind of thought he was going to have a great game no matter what, but then when Clay was out, you knew it was on him. Um, he, he played to me. He, he impressed me so much cause it was defense and rebounding as well. Um, oh yeah, he was, he was good. He was, yeah, he, he had, that was like definitely a signature game. I mean, maybe the best I've ever seen from him, you know, um, as an all around game, you know, in, and what he, like, I thought that I thought that Kyle Lowry in the, that first like three minutes really opened the floodgates. He was playing so loose and kind of like in no man's land when he was coming around the screens, like he was he was going over the top and trailing, and he he gave up a three right away, and then he gave up this really short like you know fifteen footer. And I was like, what are you doing? And I felt like that was it. And Steph knew he was going to have to put up a big game. You knew he was going to be gunning. Like, you have to make him work a little bit. But after he saw those two, I think it was just a done deal, you know? Yeah, well, and that kind of characterized the entire team's play. They played, I mean, and, and this was brought up in the telecast. I forget who brought it up. It was uh, JVG or... or, or um, Andy. Yeah, he... he like they just stepped into jumpers with confidence, like all the way across the board, and and that that to me, you know, it's Kawhi Leonard, it's Pascal Siakam. They've had that confidence throughout the playoffs, and they just keep coming at you and keep coming at you. And and Kyle Lowry has sort of merged and morphed into that direction more often than not during these playoffs. Danny Green's not afraid to step into an open shot, so uh, you saw Marcus Gasol out there shooting pretty liberally um they they just didn't wait they just went out and sort of took what was theirs so uh that was um you know obviously if you're a golden state backer not great they lose 123 109 um the the vegas odds on the series are even so uh right minus 110 for both teams so 
Right now, Vegas looks at this as a toss-up. Um, Kevin Looney was um, knocked out of, ruled out of the series, um, you know, reportedly. His absence loomed large. Um, oh goodness! He he um, he needs to come back. And the, the late news this morning here, as we're recording on Thursday morning, is that he's not ruled out for the series as a whole. Uh, okay. He has some sort of fracture. We were looking at not just what the the injury is, but it's a non-displaced first costal cartilage fracture that we read an article about what it is, and we still don't know what the heck it is. <laughs> they interviewed they. We'll just leave it at they. They interviewed a doctor who literally did not answer any of the questions posed to him, <laughs> <laughs> which is classic doctors. They just don't talk normal. Um, so, yeah, no, the, uh, the, so Kevin Looney has you know his absence made a bad situation worse and demarcus cousins i mean when clay went down i thought this was a great opportunity for cousins to just sort of be cousins and you know it's never pretty with cousins ever you know watch that guy forever but you know he he was gassed. I was, thought he was just he was gassed he 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 was also once he airballed the three yeah, his his missed threes are always like that. Um, so you know that's usually not a red flag, but the combination of the missed three, the the gap being gassed, the turnovers, uh, he I think got to the point where he was just afraid to do anything. You know, he, he anything he touched, he was about to mess up. Um, but I was yeah. I was betting on his his props all over the place because he was the natural you know, solution for, for Steve Kerr to try to find some offense out of somebody not named Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. No, it didn't happen. Yeah. I thought that I, I asked that I didn't know it was going to be this bad, but I did pose that question after game two, you know, I was like, I, I don't think under any circumstances they would have wanted, um, DeMarcus cousins to play more than 15 minutes in that game too. And he ended up playing 28. And I asked how I thought his body might respond negatively. Now, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I think he felt a little bit of the weight of the the magnitude of the game because some of the stuff was – I mean, he didn't have lift really. But, that's but, he, but he never he, has lift. Well, but he has more than that. I mean, like you, he still has to jump. I mean, it's not like – Well, let's, let's be fair. He's coming off of that injury. You know, he's – I understand, but he didn't have anything. He didn't have any kind of like, you know, there was, he was getting very good contests from, you know, like Kyle Lowry and stuff were getting their hands on balls above his head. You know, he, he has to get up a little bit more than that. And I think that just everything in this time, unlike game two, they didn't let him off the hook. I thought in game two, Nick Nurse really dropped the ball. I thought, I mean, they they would run the first screen and roll action at him. He's a competitor. He'd step up to the plate and and defend it well. And then they just said, "The heck with it. We're done with him." You you give him the you give him the the screen and roll the first time, and, and then you go right back at him with a dribble handoff, and then you isolate it. You, you know, they, that's how you beat Demarcus Cousins. It's not it's not him not being able to stop one action. It's him not having multiple efforts. So especially coming off an injury. I just thought that Nick Nurse really just let him hang around. And so I thought in game three, they did a much better job of, um, of exposing him. And, he, and his confidence was down as well because he was saying, playing so poorly on offense. Yeah, that's the, and that is the story with Cousins, especially when you're in the Warriors. You're just looking for anybody that can fill minutes you know, credibly. Yeah. 
and so not only can you know so if, if you let cousins stay on the floor and he's not playing terribly on offense you know this is a guy that can pick and pop he can facilitate some offense he you know at his best back in the day you know he's just a terror on the glass and you can't really match up with him very well now obviously he doesn't have all of what he used to have but if you don't let if you don't make him pay if you don't make the Warriors pay for that you're just handing them a guy that could play 28 minutes like he did in game two or however many played so uh, the, the Raptors definitely brought that focus in their game plan. You got to think that the being sort of splitting out of out of Toronto and heading to Oracle, not knowing about Clay Thompson's status, uh, they were probably pretty sharp. You know, feeling feeling like they needed to to really refine the game plan to to give themselves the best chance. Um, other stuff that happened in this game: um, Sean Livingston started, played 17 minutes, not much there. Uh, yeah, the, we saw action out of uh, Jordan Bell. He was te- yeah. he was terrible. He had a couple good blocks. Um, he is going to. <laughs> they're going to need Jordan Bell because I'm looking again. You got Bogut had to play 22 minutes. I don't think under any circumstances they'd want him to play more than 12. So we're <laughs> now we're on a short rest again. So now you got Cousins after a bad game gassed now you've also had to go to the well probably a little too much for bogut so we're going to see how his body reacts coming into and, game and two. isn't it just wild that those two are actually in the mix here i mean we know that cousins was signed and you know he was supposed to come back two-thirds of the way through the season but after the most recent injury like i, I just ruled him out as an asset <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. how do you expect a man that size to come back and play at the highest level of sport. And to your earlier point, he, you know, take away all the, you know, the physical stuff, which is going to mess with somebody's head anyway, but you're right. He did not look ready for the moment. And a lot of his mistakes that he made come because of the arsenal that he's created over the years where he, he gets away with sort of like murder on a basketball court you know, sort of bad passes, wobbly passes, passes that make it, but he should have never made the pass. You know, like all that stuff. Just the bad habits of an entire career, you know, you're going up against a good defense and you're not physically on on, at your norm. Like you're going to have bad things happen and they all kind of cascaded it once for him. Um, So his mentality you know wh- whether he can bounce back and have confidence in himself. You know that's just a huge pivot, I think, for the Warriors. Uh, Bogut getting those extra minutes, but you know you didn't even have him on the team as what as recent as like March. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking down the roster. I mean, do you gotta? I mean, I'm thinking you're gonna have to dust. You're gonna have to give Bell another shot. But do you have to dust off Damian Jones for a few minutes? You know what was funny? One of the Warriors writers, I think it was Kawakami, said he wasn't even on the playoff roster. And <laughs> Damian Jones. And he, he is? He is. No, he played two minutes last night. Yeah, I, he played last night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, yeah, no, I think any live body plays right now yeah, right? <laughs> for the Warriors. Yes, you're going to get Clay back. So let's talk about Clay for a second. Clay. You know, you first of all, you're the injury whisperer, and I should never doubt you 
ever, ever again. Like I loaded up on on the Warriors minus six, <laughs> and then or probably minus five and five and a half. And then I was like, it jumped up to six, and I was like, I'll take that too. And then it was like he's it started dropping down to like four and a half, four, and, and Vegas is basically saying, yeah, we don't think this guy's playing, and I'm still loading up. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I, I've been winning and I'm feeling good. So whatever, you know, and also went over. So there you go. I split. But um, the uh, <laughs> the the clay thing, you know, he doesn't play in this game. And now he's automatically ruled into game four two nights later. I like the, the, the logic behind it, obviously. I mean, you know, you do have a, a short turnaround here. So might as well buy the, the big rest. You know, and then right. see if you break it here in game four. But um, are, where, where are you with that decision? Do you, do you look at it like maybe they should have played Clay? Do you look at it as maybe no, um, no, no, he's no. still at risk? Uh, well, he's. I don't know. Um, they certainly did the right thing. Like, they certainly. Anyone who has had a minor hamster. Like, we're so used to talking in narratives like. People are acting as though, like, leg muscles on the Warriors players work different than the rest of the world. You know, like, it's a hamstring. You can't do anything. He can't get in a defensive stance. And even, like, like just looking at the Warriors' offense, like, when they do a pin down for Klay Thompson, he's either going to, if they're too tight on him, he's going to curl around and take a two. He's either going to pop up to the wing if they're cheating on the screen, he can go back door, or maybe he's going to pop to the corner instead. But they all are just read and react. You know, it's not like he's like he he can he knows what's going to happen on those before he does them. And so when you can't play free like that, and you're just gonna, you're just reading the defense, and you have to make a quick explosion, that's when you hurt hamstrings. So the what Steve Kerr and the doctors and every what they said was like we would rather have. Clay Thompson at 85% for multiple games than have him at 80% or 75% for one game and have him risk never not playing for the rest of the series if he was to re-injure it. So I think they absolutely, it was really their only decision in my opinion, was to keep him out and now you got him you know, dialed in probably at 85-90% and he actually might be pain-free when the ball goes thrown, gets thrown in the air, but it's just a matter of is it lingering, you know? He, but he might be pain free. Um, it depends. He's got a high pain tolerance and whatnot, but um, he'll be there because it's all hands on deck. And I think if they're going to run Durant through whatever they're going to run him through today, and we'll know um, in the morning probably when he wakes up, and if he is close or even sort of close, Durant will be out there. If he if Durant's at if Durant could go at if Durant could go at about eighty percent speed, pain free, he will be there to play. Because if they don't win this, this is game seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean win- that's that's I mean that's a big great point. So yeah, they go back to Toronto, you know, for game five. Or, or are we in the two? <laughs> this is me not knowing anything about basketball. Well, are we in the two? Are we in the two three two still? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's like seared into my brain and yeah, I can't remove yeah. it. Um, but I mean, with the amount of time between games, hell, they could travel and play wherever the hell they want. Um, yes. The So, yeah, no, games, I mean, 
but I mean, strategically, my brain's just sort of trying to work out, like, could they do other things? Because I'm looking, you know why it's doing that? Because I'm looking at Jonas Jerebko's Silent J, Hard J, 10 minutes, one of six shooting, and I think Pascal Siakam now just, you know, like, owns everything he owns. (laughs) It's... Dude, it was it was brutal. He's Jerebko. He becomes like when Shaq used to get like John Stockton switched on him or something. Like that, there's like he smells the blood in the water and just goes after. Him. Well, and that's the key difference with this Raptors team. I think this year versus prior versions is there was no there was just like there was no question about it it was pure it was awesome to watch like it's pure basketball it's like we know you have no chance whatsoever so we're just going to keep going keep going and and i thought kerr should have seen that one and and just said you know what we're just going to forget that one ever happened and you know even though we're, we're short you know Jonas, you're not playing and uh mckinney 18 minutes He's the one, though. I mean, was this, he, isn't he the X factor here? Where were his fouls at? Because I thought that, I mean, four fouls. I mean, I don't know. I can't recall when they were coming, but he's got to play. I he's, thought he's, he was credible. Absolutely. Against Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. Like, it's Kawhi. That's that's what's interesting is Kawhi. Like we're known what, what we can get to it. Maybe we could segue into it. Kawhi is very hurt. Yes. Like, yes. Like, he is very injured, and they want to end this thing. Is the longer the longer this series goes, like the 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 worse it is for the Raptors. Like they need to end this thing as fast as possible. He has no advantage one on one versus Iggy, Draymond, and really they're just giving him calls against McKinney, and he and he doesn't see he has it a little bit down low against Clay. Like he can he can get Clay off balance a little more than those other guys. But they, they, I thought there was when the when the Raptors were up like fourteen in the first half, and the they would the Warriors were cranking up their defense in the second quarter, like the Raptors were giving it to to Kawhi and he was one on one against like against Iggy or Draymond, and they were just standing there watching him like he was the normal Kawhi that can make something happen. He doesn't have an advantage there. But the Raptors were acting like they could, and, and then what happened was they went through all these empty possessions, and then the Warriors were able to come back and feel a little bit better going into halftime. But, like, he doesn't have an advantage over those guys. They have got to get him in the massive switches where he's on to uh, – when he's on Cousins or he's on, uh, you know, Steph or something. But still, they're trapping those so hard. You know, when, when, when the Raptors are trying to put him in those situations, the Warriors are just saying – Forget about it. We're just going to take it out of your hands. So he was two of seven at halftime. Yeah, and and it was. Um, I mean, you just look at the, the lineups that the Warriors are forced to run out there. You know, you got Iguodala, you got Livingston, you got McKinney, you got Draymond. You know, those are four players that profile really well against Kawhi Leonard. So. This is a little side thing. Now he finished with thirty points, nine of seventeen shooting, yeah. uh, ten of eleven from the foul line, and uh, yeah, a big old stat line there. It's uh, that was a quiet thirty though. <laughs> it was, and you know, the librarian is the librarian. He does what he does. Um, but he he, well, um, you gets know, paid. Did you get that? Oh yeah, board man gets paid. Right. Isn't that great? He That's needed awesome. a catchphrase. 
It would be funny if he's now marketable because of that. <laughs> that and the laugh, man. It's so stupid. <laughs> and for anybody who hasn't found this yet, go get the John Tesh uh, NBA on NBC music made entirely of Kawhi Leonard laughs. And oh, nice. Have you haven't heard that yet? Oh, dude. No, okay. When you get done with this show, go do that laugh for 15 minutes and, you know, it'll make your make you your day much better. Um so Kawhi, you know, I thought the Warriors obviously looked like they ran out of gas about halfway through the fourth. Um, you know, just not getting any 50-50 balls. Um, you know, Steph, the the thing that was impressive about Steph with his defense is I mean, he's he's looking to score at every opportunity. He's, he's basically the focal point. You know, if they're going to double and triple you, you still got to play the part and and try to, you know, zig and zag and try to bring the coverage over to you so other things can open up. And so he's doing that every offensive possession. And then in transition defense, I mean, there was a couple times where he really dug in. And yeah. it's kind of stuff that's really inspiring if you're a teammate because, man, if he's doing it, I got to do it. And hey. um, so that was that, that was good, but they they ended up running out of gas. Um, yeah, I I thought that you know it's funny like when you know how to win. I felt that there were these ch- these times in the game where he would when he dug in and he got some of those steals, and it was like he knew that him getting that steal, and if he could, and if they could just score on that possession, if somebody else could hit a shot, he it's like he knew the weight of the game was going to start to crush Toronto. You know, so he would always so a lot of those like big defensive plays he made were like at these like kind of come to Jesus moments. And if somebody, if anybody <laughs> could have helped him, if somebody could have just made one bucket, it could have really started to put the clamps on Toronto. And the tightness could have really started to go toward well, them. They got they- t- and they got tight even at the end of this one. You know, they ran yeah. a little prevent offense there, and if not for that missed travel call, you know, on Kawhi Leonard, right. you know, they, they have a shot at making it something down the stretch. Um, but they got within, se- I want to say seven was the number. Yeah. yeah. Over and five, over and over five, again. But, five would have been, five is just a mentally, just feels a lot better. You know, you know you got the best shooter in the world, and you got two possessions and you're in the lead. You know <laughs> what I also find really interesting about this depth issue, which it seems like they might survive the depth issue. And actually, let me rewind a little bit. The, the point that I, when I was looking at the Jonas Urebko, soft J, soft J minutes, I kind of got off track there is. So what about this logic? What about, you know, Clay, you know, or even KD at this point, you know, whether I don't think KD is really eligible for any discussion in game three. You know, to be on the floor, but you know, like God, looking at some of these guys' minutes, do you just stick Clay out there and just be like, "Hey, we know you want to play hard, but like, you're a decoy, dude. Like, don't move fast." You know? No. I mean, if he was an older dude, maybe. Like, if you said that, like. If you said that to Chris Paul, he could do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if he was a guy that that's been through some of those injury or old old yeah, age issues, yeah, like is already knows like, how to throttle it back a little. Yeah, like even like Iggy could do it. 
Well, he, uh, that Lou, was my that was what led me to this point. Is I'm looking at Iguodala's 31 minutes and going, man, he's banged up too. Yeah, no, this is a you know it it almost would have been better. I would I shouldn't say better, but if you look at the the situation, like had the had the had the Raptors gone up 20 at halftime, and then maybe took it to 25 going in a fourth, you're shutting it down, right? If you're Steve Kerr, oh yeah, you, you don't you don't give them the opportunity. You don't you don't say like. Okay, we don't get it down. No, if it's twenty-five at the fourth, you got to you got to shut the thing down. But because they were always right there, and they had so much fight, he let he, you know he's like, we got to try and get this thing. And now you have you didn't get it, and now you have a you put a lot of minutes on these guys. I mean, yeah, Iggy is not. Whew, yeah, it's, that's it, a lot of I mean, minutes. He looks like he's <laughs> one. I mean, he's done this for a while. You know, takes a bad hit, like you know, against LeBron. I remember, you know, his back started acting up, and it was really like the last straw. Um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, these guys did exert. Um, Curry came out of a timeout when they were down. I want to say like 12 or something. And uh-huh. you were kind of thinking, you know, maybe he shouldn't have come back out. Um, he's he's. I mean, I guess if you're Curry and, and you're the Warriors, and if you know that KD's coming back, if you know that Clay's coming back, maybe you're cool with Steph exerting all of that energy. But if these guys, like, I mean, for folks that haven't listened to the show, I think it was like four weeks ago, where you talked about what a calf injury is like, you know. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Cause is a, a big time sprinter, you know, over at Santa Barbara. You know, run, runs real fast. He's he's done this a few times. You know, he understands what a calf injury, what a hamstring injury, you know, what it really feels like. I mean, when you, I guess to bring it up to speed, what do you think about that? Like, is is KD? Are you buying this KD return as credible? Uh, I think now. I think you know, like I think they were saying all the right things before about we're not going to let you know where we are in the series dictate his return. I think that, you know, KD has the type of game where he doesn't necessarily have to go 100 miles an hour because he's so long. So it's really going to be like, can he catch and shoot? Can he he come off the screen, catch and shoot without pain? You know, but I I would imagine if if KD plays, like if if if, if KD can go at about 80%, You'll take that. You'll take that. You'll you'll say wheel him out there. You, I'd expect to see him on the block a lot. You know, I wouldn't expect to see him catching the ball at the three point line and going one on one. It's going to be a lot of mid range and on the block. Um, but they just can't afford to not have the bodies, and they can't afford to lose this game. So, but if he's not, if he can't go at eighty at eighty percent, then you you take your chances with Clay and um, Clay and Steph again. You know, and, and you just. I mean, I really don't know what they can do um, as far as, I mean. And, and, and this is why this series is so interesting to me because it's, a, it's almost like three different series is wrapped up into one. You're, you're going right. to now, if like, so say KD comes back. I mean, I think Siakam presents a pretty damn good option against him to chase yes. him around the floor. And, and so I might even look at that and say, hey, I think Siakam can kind of neutralize him. And you would, yes. So, what do you, I mean, just, I mean, at 80%, I, would, I mean, I KD at 100%, I think Siakam's actually got a pretty good, you know, shot against him. He does. You're hoping for the adrenaline. You're hoping for him. You're hoping for, you know, if whatever 
crafty post moves that KD has where the adrenaline and the crowd can get Siakam to jump, you know, when he shouldn't, that kind of stuff. You're, you're, you're hoping that he can outsmart him into getting in foul trouble. Because if I'm the Raptors and I see KD out there, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going Pascal Siakam one-on-one and we're not helping. You're going to – Kevin Durant's going to make me – he's going to prove that if, you, if I leave him one-on-one with Siakam, that he's going to give us 35. So, so yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that, that he poses a very big threat, and, but and you're just hoping. You're hoping, you know. And, and then so, if you're the Warriors, this is where it's like a double whammy. <laughs> Your continuity is just crap at this point. Oh, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're like, it's all, and then I wonder almost because it is so bad, if it doesn't, you know, sometimes when things are so bad, we have this thing called injured star theory in, in betting where you know, the star goes out and everybody goes, oh, they got no shot. The line just moves way over to the other side. But all those remaining players are like, okay, we got to get it together here. We don't got yeah. our star. They play harder. The other team lets up. It's just an easy win. So, right. um, with this, with, with so many moving parts and so many people hurt and the lack of depth, like, I mean, there is something to the fact that maybe continuity doesn't matter in this case because everybody's so, you know, hell-bent on just picking up the rope, grabbing it, and pulling it that they right. don't think about other stuff they normally think about when the continuity is right. not there. Um, but that's just, it's it's like almost you wonder, like, the Warriors, if, if, if you think Siakam can neutralize KD to some degree and you think you got clay coming back. So these terrible minutes that you have to dole out are going to decrease, you know, are you yeah. a little bit more hesitant to uh, pull the trigger? If he's say like 70 to 80%, you know, I mean, he has to be a solid 80, like, like not about necessary condition, but like the speed that he's going to move, you know, like it's a real tight line. I mean, like, because the same thing applies to him is is with Clay this last game three. Maybe you wait until game five. Maybe wait till game six. So on down yeah, the road. If, if you if you feel very like if it was just like if you feel that Clay is going to be fine playing like thirty five minutes, and 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 then KD's at like seventy percent, I would hold off. I would hold off because I per, I personally picked the Warriors to win in six. With no contributions from Kevin Durant, I, I I assumed that Kevin Durant will not play in this series, and I still pick the Warriors. So to me, if if he's at the seventy percent mark, and you think Clay is like ninety five, I think you're rolling you're rolling with Clay and Steph. The only the so about the continuity though, it's like the the issue would be is is Draymond. Hmm. He's one that seems to have suffered the most from the with with KD in there, right? I mean, well, Steph too, but Steph could always just Steph could give you never dribble the ball, right? But Draymond's the one that makes everybody else dynamic. You know, when he's when he's getting the ball off the glass and pushing it, he's the one that's forcing the defense to sink in, and that's when you know the cooks and the like, you know, the Jarebkos are getting these wide, wide open uh, shots. But you don't, you won't have that with KD, and unless KD goes in the mindset of kind of decoy, kind of I'm just gonna bang down open jumpers, but that's hard to do when you're that good. That's hard to, and you think, and you think you have to perform in such a way where like you have to have a monumental performance to save the series. 
you know, which I'm sure he thinks in his head, you know. Speaking of of Draymond Green, he also looked like the moment was a little too big for him, which is rare. And like his defense was good enough and he had even great moments on defense. And, and, you know, even his bad days are better than 95% of the league. Um, (laughs) But he didn't have that. Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile mode that he has in in the way that like the, the the previous series he he literally just almost kind of walked up the guys took the ball threw him on the ground <laughs> started fast yeah. break and then you know barked at the crowd and everybody went nuts. Um, yeah. He was barking at Mark Davis, um, and, and but even his barking seemed like like he got tired at, at halftime. Like he couldn't bark at Mark Davis the way that yeah. he wanted to bark at Mark Davis. Yeah, he he looked a little winded. He looked a little. Um, he didn't play great. He played good, but he didn't play great. I thought that he passed a lot of of offensive opportunities up, which yeah, mixed I, with Cousins uh, and the rest of the personnel. Um, though I'll say this: I thought Iguodala played with some good aggression on offense. Um, yeah. But but you can't have that many players that are you know it's it's the Raptors issue you know they they have guys when when Lowry and Gasol get passive that team yeah. gets passive and right. it you know but the, you have Siakam and and Kawhi there sort of counterbalancing that um, with this particular lineup if Draymond Green is not I mean they probably lost I'd say about six points on stuff where an advantage had been created and because green didn't want to push into an area he's not comfortable with. He passed up the advantage and then went into something that wasn't good. And so, uh, he's got to be better. Um, Quinn cook deserves a mention. I think he's played credibly. Yeah. You know, well, really, good, really good in game two. But, um, but again, yeah, he was, he was there. Um, I thought he, he played fairly well, um, last game. um, it wasn't it kind of like I felt like uh, speaking of Gasol, I felt like that first he had the one he, he got the ball first and he did the uh, the turnaround where Demarcus fouled him, but that next move where he just bullied him, where he just put his shoulder into him and backed him down and scored, I thought that was maybe the play of the game because it, it broke it his like, spirit a little bit. Broke his spirit and it made everybody. It made like every other player, like Siakam and Lowry, go like, Psh, "Well, we always have that to fall back on this game." Like, worse, I can be as aggressive as I want because if if we don't score three or four possessions, we can just dump it in the mark and he's gonna just. Pump. People don't understand what aggression does, you know. Yeah. Like, like really, like you know, and I would say a good third of NBA moves are built on the um, on the foundation of I'm just gonna go. And you can't stop me, like. Right. And so you know those third of the moves they they, they look bad against good defenders too because like if a if a defender has the ability to re, uh, recover or or handle that kind of a thing the the offensive player is like wait this never gets blocked this is like my entire arsenal what am I going to do now? Um, right. But the uh, the the aggression like the Warriors for example you know they'll pull from 35 you know Steph will pull from 35 it's not a good shot he knows it they know it and then it drops and it crushes the spirit of the other team and the only reason he's doing that is because he doesn't think they've got a chance right. so he's just gonna do it 
<laughs> and so when when you're talking about real shots, you know, normal three pointers, you know, normal flow of offense, these guys like Kyle Lowry, um, you know, I thought Van Vliet had a ton of these, where you know it's just confident shot, and and yeah. so confidence sort of makes that go around. Um, so Marcus Gasol being good early on definitely contributes to that. Also, Demarcus Cousins. I mean, I, I, when you look at like, who, when am I going to put Demarcus Cousins on the court? Two things stand out to me. One is try to match him up with Marcus Gasol because they're both big. You know, yeah. I can hide Cousins in these minutes against Marcus Gasol. So if, if Gasol is going to win those minutes, not great for the Warriors. The other time is when the Warriors are playing lineups that have like one other scorer to me that's when you put DeMarcus Cousins in because you can yeah. stick him on the block and he made a bunch of terrible passes from the block which highlights the lack of post play throughout his entire career <laughs> you know yeah. it it's just it, it's like here, here's the fruit of all your labors you can't play in the post right now um but yeah, you stick him in the post because bad things are going to happen for the defense. He's going to bump people around. They're going to jump. They're going to get too aggressive. You know, a couple pump fakes here, and, and and he can get guys into foul trouble. He can pass out of the post. You know, on a good day. Um, yeah. So you can you can generate some offense. That second unit was like when Curry went off the floor. You just sit there going, well, how how many points are they going to bleed? You know, ten, fifteen. Yeah. It's usually about yeah. five a pop, I think. That they yeah. were giving up. Um, Danny Green had had not been hitting his three point shot, um, so you knew one of these games was going to happen. That happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything went right for those guys. Uh, Ibaka six blocks. Yeah. Although two of them were goal tens. So. <laughs> yeah, but he's lucky because that that stuff saved him. He's been playing terrible. He, he was even even that game offensively. I mean, he didn't know what he was. I don't know what. I don't know where his focus is, but when he's catching the ball, he has no real plan. You know, he doesn't know. It's almost like he doesn't even know what set they're in. Like he doesn't know if he's supposed to be dribble hand. If he catches, he didn't know he's supposed to be in a dribble handoff. If somebody's got the ball, he doesn't know if he's supposed to set a screen. Like, it's really awkward and weird. I think he had a jump shot, and I think he had a couple. He might have had, like, six. I I just – the box score just left me. But, like, he just seems confused out there. And I was was getting to the point where I was like, you got to get this guy off the floor. And then he started blocking all the shots and being active on the defensive side. I was like, well, that kind of saved him because he was playing terrible on offense. Last two games, I thought. Yeah, they haven't had to play that card, you know, of, of turning to Ibaka, the card that I was talking about, like Gasol versus Ibaka. Like, you know, they've, they've definitely yeah. ridden Gasol, and it's worked for them. Um, Norman Powell, six minutes. I think that's an interesting, like, you know, yeah, your coach. Nick Nurse has been good and bad in these playoffs. Um, plenty of examples of both. But uh, going, if you're Norman Powell, who's got, you know, largely strength-based dribble-drive game, and you're driving into Sean Livingston and you're driving into Andre Iguodal and all these guys that, you know, profile well against him as well as, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Six minutes, that makes sense. He doesn't seem to be a part of the game plan there. Uh, Van Vliet matches up well with Steph Curry. And that might be even, hell, that's high. On my, in my list, that's high on the list of yeah. things. Short. Yeah. I almost want to stop the list at short. <laughs> 
short defenders have always given Steph Curry trouble. Isn't it weird? Like, unless you're like, unless the refs give like the the treatment that they give, like um, like in those couple of finals with at least at least the one final, like they gave J.R. Smith and um, LeBron just free reign and uh, not uh, Stevenson, but I'm trying to think of the other guard. Just free reign to really grab and hold uh, Steph. They're not giving him that, but he is being very sly. Like, there's a lot of hand fighting going on on the other side. And I think at times Steph gets a little too caught up in that. And then then uh, the way he's positioning himself, Van Fleet, he's almost, in a way, he's like gambling on, at the last second, Van Fleet's like, I'm going to take this angle. You might be able to go back door, but I don't think you are. Well, and, and Curry got him on one of those, by the way. He got him on one of them. He but, got him on one but, of but them. But that's the but book on all. Van Vliet. Like Mike Passador, who who writes our, our our raps and Warriors coverage, has been on that for a couple series now. He's just great with angles. Yeah, like, and so he's, he's taking these. He's making him go ever so slightly to where he doesn't want to go, and they're gambles, and it's a big loss. And we'll see how Steph adjusts to it. You know, we'll see how Steph adjusts to. But right now, Van Fleet is really doing a good job and that's you, it's hard to say like a guy is doing a good job when a guy hits you hits hits the team for 47 yeah i was just but, thinking that actually <laughs> but, but still that's that's the thing about the nba is you you can play really good defense and the guy still gets you you know it's not it's, it well the question mean, is what would he have gone for and i also crack up because people are like you know steph scored 47 points and i'm gushing over the game that he had by the way but like, oh, what yeah. did you think was gonna happen when when the starting lineups Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Demarcus Cousins, and Sean Livingston? What did you think Steph hey, Curry was gonna do? <laughs> if, if if Steph Curry had 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 about if Steph Curry had had twelve points on like forty shots, I still would have been like, hey, he he did what he had to do. You know, like there, he had to he had to shoot. You know, there was no there was no getting around it. He was gonna have to fire up the ball today and he um, did a great job and one last thing before i pivot into kind of like what we're going to look for for game four um one thing i saw from curry that was just outstanding was you would see the team they were there in, in transition you know they got multiple eyes on him and you know they're, they're you got a primary that's sort of already back and you know he's seeing a lot of colored jerseys you know so there's a lot of traffic in the pattern he like so whoever was covering him in a circumstance wanted to try to get up and take away all the airspace from three point but like the example would be the guy's standing in the paint or near that and now he's deciding i'm gonna come up and apply ball pressure and curry seeing two to three guys in front of him but knowing that this is the guy that's got lane control the minute he saw pascal siakam got hit with this couple times uh, Danny Green, I believe, got hit with this a couple times, but like the 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 players taking the 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 running steps to get up there, and you know they're probably at about the three point line with the intention of meeting him at about thirty five, thirty eight feet to to take him away, to take away that airspace. He is the minute that guy's hitting a gallop to get from the paint to the three point line. Curry's seeing it and then saying, "I'm going on an all out kamikaze drive to the hoop." And he's beating yeah. that guy around the edge. That to me was, I mean, when you got that many players in front of you 
and you're you're finding the guy that's got lane control and you're beating him while he's underneath the paint and you're at about 35 38 feet that to me is really aggressive basketball and when you know you're the only option on offense you know he he went in with a game plan and he and he completely executed it so um you know great game for him looking at game four here as we we pack this show in um i mean what are we watching out for here Watching out for, uh, you know, this is the, uh, I'm, I'm interested in the Raptors. To me, I think that um, this is a golden opportunity to really put, you know, pressure on this Warrior team like they've never seen before. And I'm wondering, you know, this team has had a tough go over years. And even in this playoff series, I thought they could have, put the uh, Philly series away they didn't and that went on for seven and so we'll see they did a good job in Mil- against Milwaukee but I'm interested to see can they take advantage of this moment can they like are they gonna allow the the crowd and, and by the way there was a terrible unseemly crowd amount of Raptor fans in that top deck I mean they, it was loud the Raptors had themselves a Canada traveled. <laughs> Canada well, definitely well, traveled. Raptor fans in general, I, 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 that's a fan base I love. Um, yeah. High, high on my fan base rankings. Um, they, they just love basketball. Like, every yeah. Raptors fan I've ever encountered is just, like, in love with the game itself. Uh-huh. And that, you know, it's better than, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who do I want to shade? <laughs> Go with yeah. the Suns fans. I don't know why. Well, yeah, I think we're looking. We're looking to see can the Raptors can they force every possible card that Steve Kerr has? Can they can they make him really really sweat? Can he can they put pressure on? Can they can they put the Warriors in the position to where if say he has Clay and Durant, say that they're both ready to go, can he put the them in such a position? that Steve Kerr can't go to the bench. That he's like that can he can he can they put so much pressure on Quinn Cook and Jerebko and McKinney that they end up shorting it to like that Kerr has to say, I gotta go six to win this game. That that's what I'm looking for for the Raptors. I'm looking for the same aggression, not talk you know say they they really didn't say anything to the refs the whole game. You know, like they really didn't say anything to him, even when the bad calls are going their way. Yeah, there's another comment similar, similarly that when they won, there was no conversation from the Raptors heading into the locker room. Yeah, like very just, business-like you know, approach. Yeah, so we'll, can can they bring that again for a second te- for a second game against a Warrior team that is going to throw everything? I mean, you're going to see the best of everything, and they got to stop watching Iguodala shoot the ball. Because one of the like he, he one of these days he's gonna pop up with like a I think he had two yesterday but he's gonna pop off with a four or five three point game you gotta at least run at him well you he's know? confident like he's, shooting that shot I mean yeah, he's not he he's pass he passes up a, a bunch of them but when he's actually about to shoot them they come yes. off his his hand just fine you, you need to yeah. watch out for that shot absolutely let me ask you this um, so. Do you think that this is a kind of like an all-time series 
Like, do you think this goes seven? Do you think that, because, I mean, to knock off the Warriors, it doesn't matter what the injury situation is to me. Like, this is a big deal one way or another. Like, (laughs) you know, so like, are we heading down that road or are we heading down, you know, something else? I think it could be uh, an all-timer. I think that if, um, well, put it this way. I think if the Warriors win tomorrow, you got an all-timer on your hand. If the Warriors don't win tomorrow, I don't know that it comes back to Oracle. I think that if they if they uh, I think I think if the Warriors lose tomorrow, I think it's over in Canada. Well, that and then there's there's a whole other storyline there that's weird because it probably doesn't apply. But like the the Raptors and a la last night for throughout the fourth quarter, they definitely played prevent offense. Do they turn into yes. a prevent team? You know, like yes. do they go? All right, we we just can't you know mess this up. <laughs> and yeah, it was about, it was like four forty five, and they were running the clock down, which I'm is like, not you smart. Gotta, you gotta you gotta score. <laughs> what are you doing? You guys are passing up open lanes. You know, I'm like, dude, there's like. 20 possessions left in this game and, dude like you, you you can't be you can't be running prevent offense right now and that's why to me it all comes back to Kawhi. like he's won a championship he's won an M- a finals mvp he's been there and done that like without him none of this is possible obviously i mean we're not breaking any news with that but like when you talk about slaying the warriors you've got to have somebody like that because I think yeah, the yeah. Lowry's and the Gasol's and you know the, the other guys who don't quite have that killer instinct. Yes, they had it throughout Game Three, um, but it's always about, isn't it in life? It's always about how do you react when you get punched in the face? Like being yeah. punched in the face, you feel like you want to throw up. You feel like what the hell just yeah. happened? Like I'm, you know, you can feel like you're at rock bottom at times. How do you right. respond to that adversity and? It didn't happen in game three, so we'll, we'll wrap this show up with it's Golden State minus five and a half for this game. Um, it's over under 216.5. I think with the offensive weapons coming back, I'm probably going to pound the over. Um, Golden State, though, five and a half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell listeners right now, I'm not going to tweet this, but um, I'm going to take Golden State minus five and a half. I think that must win, you know, Toronto happy with a split probably personnel coming back oracle never got to roar in that game i i think that this is i think barring all of the obvious things that golden state has going going against them i'm going to take golden state minus five and a half but where do you have it as far as the betting i would be inclined to i believe the war the raptors are going to stand up i think that they will i think if if Kawhi leonard has any win like any sort of speech or something to give of the importance of this game, they give it. <laughs> I, I, I think that. I think what does that even I, entail, Cos? <laughs> I, I think it means board man, assist man, and, and uh, score man gets paid. Maybe. Um, I think that I still I I've, I don't really feel good about if if the Warriors have all of their weapons. I don't feel good about and their backs against the wall. I don't feel good about the Raptors winning the game. But so I would probably bet the Raptors, though. I think I think I feel like I, I can see this game. I can see the Raptors choking. I'll put it that way. I can see I can see the Raptors maybe being around, getting a lead, and then other guys, you know, just kind of falling apart. And the Warriors just knowing how to win a game, win a game, 
and get back in this series. Um, but it's going to be tough. I think I think we're headed for another good game because I think the Raptors are going to stand up. But I'm still I'm going to pick the Warriors. Uh, I'm going to I bet the Raptors and I pick the Warriors to win. Well, there you have it, folks. <clears throat> I, I would also like to add that I would like to vote for Kawhi Leonard for president of the United States. I think Boardman yeah. gets paid is a great platform to run on. I like the way that he doesn't speak very much. You know, I, I think it would be a good contrast to the things that we got going on right now. Hey, got to get political at the end of the podcast. It's been another good one. You can follow us online at facebook.com slash KOZ and DBRU show where cause is 372 days without an onion post. That's, You're welcome. Oh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> I, I got a good one. I got to get up there. Okay. Well, <laughs> hopefully you will do that soon. And on Twitter, where we no longer tweet, at twitter.com slash KOZ and show. But you can find us at hoop-ball.com. We have all sorts of fun stuff that's coming through the pipeline here soon. So, for Kaz, it's Brew. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.